What's going on, beautiful people? It's your boy Tiro, and welcome to another episode of Maintain the Design. We are live in the back studio. Boy, Quincy. Yeah, bro. You good, my bro. Good to be back. I'm good, bro. Yeah. So, so how's everything been, bro? How's your experience? You've been in India for the past nine months. Yeah, yeah. So what's been happening, bro? Why did you oh, go there, man. and what's your what's your journey been like up to now? Oh man, it was crazy. I've been there for like nine months. You know, it was my first time living outside of the country for longer, for like that kind of lengthy period. Mm. And yeah, just like the culture shock that you experience, yeah. it's just crazy. You know, just like South African banter and vibes is just like different. Um, and yeah, like you know, being around people and different language and sometimes they go into like their own conversations and you're like just like sitting there on the side and you're like oh my god you know yeah. pretty, pretty much alone even though when you're in the midst of people it was uh, a game changer for yeah. me because yeah uh, learned a lot of things um, and I went there uh, for yoga and meditation basically I wanted to dive deep into what that means and what yoga is all about Yeah. and yeah explore my body myself to like a better mental state specifically yeah, yeah. and yeah. Uh, what cultural differences would you say that uh, were a bit shocking to you when you got there especially with regards to this um, path or journey that you're on do you feel like it was conducive to what it is that you're trying to achieve yeah and what like what were the culture shocks when you got there ah uh, yeah um it's quite crazy because uh, Africans and Indians, there's a lot of similarities um, that we have with them. Um, but yeah, the different things, the one the one major one I can think about is just the bathroom usage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that took me back a bit uh, in terms of just like, you know, um, there they don't use toilet paper. They prefer to use like spray guns. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just not used to bonding with that part of my body like that, you know, just like having water on it, you know, and sometimes like the floor is wet um, because obviously people are like spraying all over the floor and it goes all over the floor sometimes and things like that. Yeah, that that kind of took me back. And then there's like toilets where, um, you know, you completely just squat because yeah. apparently it's like um, it prevents constipation. If you, because uh, a lot of people get constipated on using westernized toilets, and they they feel that if you engage a squat, you're engaging your whole body, so then you don't really leave anything in, and it just all comes out. So yeah, that that was that took me back. Uh, that was a an uncomfortable thing that I had to kind of just break that limitation because I try to avoid it for as long as I can. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But you know, eventually nature calls, man. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> what would you say? What would you say are the mental barriers that you've broken through? Do you think that it's made you stronger mentally? Because obviously you've been out of your comfort zone for so long. Yeah. You haven't been um, operating the way in which you know. Yeah. The rest of the world operates in normal everyday life. It's basically been an isolation zone. Yeah. It was. It was crazy because, you know, I feel like, um, yeah, it was like. Uh, just off uh, a city called Kambatur, in the middle of the mountains there, the Belengiri Mountains, they're called. Yeah. And, yeah, there was, like, a lot of animals nearby, like, you could hear some elephants, you'd come across warthogs and things like that, and you'd walk everywhere, which was um, very different for me, and 
yeah, you're basically just secluded away from everything else and you basically get the chance to hone in on what you are as a life, you know, when you don't have to deal with um, the day-to-day things of living in like a big city, you know, a big city, a lot of distractions are happening all at the same time and, you know, it's the fast lane, man, you got you to uh, live life at super speed, um, not that uh, there in the ashram we didn't live life at super speed, it's just, you know, uh, you know, we're living life um, without thinking about things like where to sleep, you know, where, what to eat, what to cook, because they handle all of that, basically, and, you know, all these things, these material things, you kind of put them aside as well, because everybody dresses uh, a bit dressed down a more humble more just like plain simple comfortable clothes so that you know you just feel loose throughout the day and you kind of just lose your sense of identity mm. you know um which is a very it was like a very crazy thing um uh like i remember feeling uncomfortable that just like you know people aren't you know expressing their fashion and their color and their personality yeah, yeah. through their clothes through their rings bling and everything that they wear um and you just really learn to kind of just observe a human life and experience yourself just as a life and nothing nothing outside of that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's crazy that's crazy <laughs> and is it a, a culture shock to be home because like for me with me for example if i've been away for a very long time yeah i think i'm i'm the type of person that likes to be in the same environment like yeah. I can make friends with people from different places and yeah. visit different places, but once I've left your place for very long, yeah, I think at first it takes me time to adjust to places I don't know really. Yeah, but once I've been there for more than two weeks, I think I get used to the fact that I'm there. I adapt to environments yeah. very quickly. Yeah, even though it makes me uncomfortable initially. Yeah. So, how does it feel being back home now? Is it strange? What are the like adjustments that you've had to like adapt to? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was practically like almost like an Indian when I was there, you know, eating yeah. Indian food every day, celebrating the festivals with them, you know, taking part in the in the culture, you know, bought a few uh called kutas, yeah. um which are like uh, nice dress shirts. Uh and yeah, I was I was really I immersed myself in, in, in the culture. I just wish I learned the language a little bit better. But where I was it was like a multicultural um ashram so like people from all over the world come there so yeah um mainly we were speaking english and i didn't get to learn as much hindu or any other languages i'm hindi sorry as i would like to but yeah coming home was just you know it was crazy like just arriving at the airport and you can just feel you're in south africa just because of just the way people talk each other in the line you know the security guards like ah sure bruh yeah. <laughs> like you know he's giving you some vibes and you know people are just like vibing out in the line and uh, you know the lady at the immigration um, station was just like ah oh, welcome home booty and he's just like you know you really feel the change that you're home, uh, that you're home. Uh, uh, yeah South Africans are very like uh, vibrant people mm. and you don't realize that um, until you're in a- another country not to say that other countries they like dull but like south africans uh, they, they they really yeah. do have something special about them and yeah it was it was shocking coming home because obviously it's the big city yeah, yeah. and things 
move at a crazy pace here and basically just adjusting to the fact that so much has changed about me but a lot of things have also stayed the same mm. you know and uh you know uh, you know connecting with my family again feeling like a stranger uh in my own home because i hadn't been there in so long um and you know i was sleeping on the hard floor there you know we sleep on the floor yeah. we have cold showers at 4:30 in the morning there's never any warm showers and things like that so like coming back home and you know you have like a super soft bed there's there's a warm shower it was just like yeah. <laughs> overwhelming i mean i still take cold showers i'm just so used to cold showers now that i i can't even take uh, warm showers too much yeah. so yeah yeah um it was a crazy adjustment adjusting to the pace of the city as well it's just you know especially when everybody knows that you're back and you know things just start moving at a crazy pace and you're there like you know trying to navigate keeping the discipline that you gain from going there you know yeah. and, and doing things in an orderly way and um with a lot of conscious thought behind it yeah. to managing that you know things can can come at a from anywhere here mm-hmm. in the city so yeah that was it's 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 quite the uh, bit of an adventure yeah now. yeah adapting to that yeah no, that's super interesting man and, and obviously you are immersing yourself in um in your journey yeah a new path that you're ex- you're still exploring yeah you know even though nine months is a long time yeah but in reality it's not that long you know when yeah you're trying to learn something new and you're trying to master something yeah you know and you become a master at a certain craft yeah or a certain um topic in society yeah you know yeah so yeah i feel you because of that right obviously when you in india yeah you're basically at the mecca and at the center of this journey yeah that you're taking right yeah so do you feel as if there's a lot of things that you're doing back there that you might have to re-implement in order to basically like stay aligned with what you're trying to do yeah um 100 like the ashram is designed in such a way that it's supposed to support your yoga journey and your meditative journey in every way that it can. Yeah. Uh, in terms of the kind of food that you eat, so it's like a uh, vegetarian food only, you know, mm. um and you know, as as South Africans, we I we love meat. Bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We love meat and uh you know, we it's everywhere it's in every uh one of our dishes you know just fries fries man fries you know are just like things you can't avoid in south africa and those are one of the things that i came back from the ashram and i felt like i had to implement was remaining vegetarian um just because uh how the yoga is designed is that you want to be meat free essentially um it's lighter for your system eating light food and it, it keeps your moods also a little bit a lot more stable yeah um and you don't feel like as heavy um consuming a lot of meat just makes you feel a lot heavier um than people realize you know uh so i've just gained that sense of like okay my energy uh, space is at such a different level that when i eat meat now i know that i'm 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 going to be slower. Um so those are one of the things that's been difficult to try implement back home, yeah. you know, because you know it's, it, 
India is so diverse in terms of like the the amount of vegetables it has and um, that you can get from all sorts of different places and fruits and therefore like the spices and the dishes when they mix together you don't even you don't even remember the meat you know because yeah, yeah. your your palate is being tickled in so many different ways and you're just trying to figure out oh what what's this 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 taste that I don't yeah, know yeah. you know so you end up not missing the meat whereas when you come back home man yeah <laughs> you're just gonna put like some cayenne pepper <laughs> no no specific exotic spice that's just gonna drive you crazy so yeah I'm trying to learn where the Indian markets are here and where to get like some unique spices and yeah yeah, yeah put a little bit more of Indian flavor into my dishes yeah. or any Asian Asian flavors into my dishes yeah to be honest yeah yeah um you, you speak about food there and dishes right and uh obviously the scarcity of food is a, a major topic of conversation i think at the moment or a lot of create um a lot of awareness let me say sorry is being created around that yeah because the the global population is growing yeah and but the amount of food that we're producing for people around the planet is getting lesser and lesser yeah as the years go by yeah yeah which is why you get people who have um, these conspiracy theories about population control and all these type of things yeah yeah i think those ideas stem from um, those type of realities right yeah yeah um, so i remember the one thing that you mentioned to me a lot while you were in india was about uh, soil yeah and uh, you post a lot about it as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, what's that about? What's that movement about? And uh, how bad is that situation globally? Yeah. Um, save soil. Um, hashtag save soil. That's the movement. Um, this was started by um, Sadhguru. He's a, a mystic and a yogi. And basically, he built um, the ashram that I went to. Um, from scratch um, with a group of people uh, and essentially they realized that there is soil scarcity because of the way that we are farming our land um, and obviously climate change also has to do with it it affects the way um, the sun well, when you look at the way we farm and how the sun um, uh, affects the soil we end up uh, burning a lot of um, life forms that are formed by the soil you know so a lot a lot of soil has been degraded um, over the years um, and we have to basically 52% of the world's soil has been degraded and our population is only getting higher and they predict that by the si- major scientists all around the world predict that by 20, 2045 um, that there will be pretty much global starvation. About 7 billion people will be um, affected by this. The whole world will be affected by this. Um, um, because if you look at all the major wars that happened around the world, specifically in Africa, about 27 out of 30 of the, the wars that happened in South Africa, was, I mean, in Africa, were because of famines. Um, if you look at Rome, the Roman Empire, it fell because of there was a lot of instability there because of um, food security, Mesopotamia yeah. as well, food security, and 
honestly, if we don't do anything about replenishing our soil and learning how to farm it the right way and uh, create policies around um, how to to maintain the soil so that, that everywhere in the world um, it is important that they governments employ this in their policies because that's the only way that in the future it won't be able to be changed just dramatically and you know they can maintain a certain amount of organic content in the soil because we need a certain amount of organic content in the soil for the soil to be um, to produce food that nourishes us like they say that right now uh, with the amount of organic content in the soil um, you have to eat eight mangoes right now to get the same nutrients as you would um, back in the, the 80s or the 70s you only need like one mango yeah. to get the soil soil I mean the nutrients of eight mangoes today so that's the kind of uh, problems that we have to face and address and I'm hoping uh, people can wake up and realize that if it, it affects every single person you cannot avoid it we all eat um, and it's not just in specific parts of the world the entire world has lost about 52% of its soil yeah. um, which is a very scary scary place to be we'll be producing 40% less food with an ongoing ongrowing population I just want you to kind of imagine the kind of world we live in where there's no food you know <laughs> I've seen that movie. I've seen those movies before. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Those scary movies, bro. Yeah, World War Z. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, like you know, right now, you know, people are like, you know, there's this war going on, and it's like they're not realizing that, like, you know, we have bigger issues to fry, bigger fish to fry, because soil takes time to replenish, bro. Yeah, yeah that's. The big thing is like and it's it's kind of a crazy thing to think like how is it possible for soil to degrade right because it's like all over right there's yeah, earth yeah. all over but like um most of the soil is turning into sand yeah. basically so it's not a soil that we can use to grow crops that's why farmers all over the world are really struggling so we have to create healthy soil for ourselves otherwise oh, we're gonna be in a pickle yeah. <laughs> but um, realistically, like, how do you see this situation changing? Firstly, and um, secondly, because we live in such a consumerist um, society, yeah, we're consume we consume, that's what we do. Yeah, um, big corporate companies, all they want to do is make more and more money. Yeah, I don't think they're concerned about the well-being of. Mother Nature, yeah. Um, I mean, I think I've been hearing about global warming since I started <laughs> primary school. Yeah, yeah. And nothing has cool. changed. Still doing the same thing. Yeah. Regulations are there, but it's not really enough to um, save the planet. Yeah. That's why I think the the pandemic when it hit in twenty twenty was a big reset for the planet. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone was home. So yeah. The Earth basically. Nature was repairing itself. Got a chance bit. to rehabilitate. Yeah. So, yeah. what what do you predict going forward, and uh, how do you see yeah, things going? Well, to be to be honest, um, what they 
the scientists predict is that if we don't start ch doing change, active change, uh, in terms of changing the soil right now, right, it's gonna take a hundred and fifty years to of hectic work, and we'll be in a very very dire situation while waiting for a hundred fifty uh, years to reverse the situation and the damage that's been done to soil. Right. So, um, how how what I predict, I I don't know what what's gonna happen. I don't know if it's uh, you know, if human beings are going to get involved, but we, we just got to do what we can and what we know that we can. And how this can basically change is that already uh, the ashram has, the Isha Foundation specifically, has already created um, documents that pretty much talk about the soil and they've gotten into contact with... Um, all major leaders around the world to say that you know there needs to be a change in how we you know approach soil um and most of them already know that the issue is there it's yeah. just they were just kind of just like waiting for some you know major thing to happen or mm -hmm. somebody to come and um address this and that, that, that therefore the isha foundations kind of take it and made it their own responsibility and um the 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 yogi Sadhguru, he's basically been riding um, from London since the 21st of March, basically, and he's riding across, um, I think, 21 different nations uh, for 100 days straight uh, to create some kind of buzz about yeah. soil, uh, basically. And he wants about 3 billion people all over the world to basically t be talking about soil, and everybody needs to know that we are running out of food essentially your smoothies that you like where are you gonna get a smoothie if you like a smoothie if you if you into meat also what's gonna feed your cows you know yeah. this is this isn't an, um and you say that the major corporations they're a bit hesitant to get involved but they're affected too because yeah. they eat they're human beings they eat um exactly. like um so this isn't like uh we have to uh change too much of what happens we just need to put active uh movements behind making sure that there's policies all over the world that help and support farmers all over the world and teaching them how to farm the lands properly and replenish our soil basically yeah. we have to put some investment behind it we have to put in some work behind it and i think uh nobody can deny that this will affect them because let's say okay you're part of the wealthy uh, group right and let's say 2 billion people are starving which is what is predicted um, if we don't do anything in about 8 years 2030 that's when it, it will start people will start getting severely hungry do you think that your neighbor who's poor is seeing you eat and he's gonna leave you alone and he's no, hungry as hell you're in trouble bro <laughs> you're in trouble, in trouble bro. Guys bunkers, bro yeah <laughs> no <laughs> It gets critical. There's nothing that your money can do to protect. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all this export and import the trucks that are exporting goods and vegetables outside of Africa, because you know, most of the world outside is specifically the West. Um, you know, imports a lot of those uh, fruits and vegetables from here. Like, do you think 
if you're starving, you're gonna let that truck go, bro. <laughs> so that's the kind of just world you will be affected no matter who you are, rich, poor. If your neighbor is hungry, bro, it's gonna affect you, bro. Mm. Uh, so yeah, that's a that's a scary world to live in. I I'm not somebody that likes to paint you know loom and doom pictures but it's just the reality bro yeah people are gonna be hungry i mean already people are hungry already you know yeah um so yeah it's it's time to do something about it now we've learned from covid bro like you know there were warning signs about covid that you know i know we don't trust bill gates that much but he did warn us that if there was a you know a medical outbreak that we don't have the kind of hospitals that are ready to handle a situation like that. Yeah. You know, an epidemic. We don't we didn't have the 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 hospitals and the equipment and all the the things in place and strategies of how to deal with something like this worldwide. And then COVID happened and we were in you know, the whole world was in complete shock. Yeah. Um so hopefully People have learned from the pandemic that let's not wait for something dramatic to happen because already the pandemic is dramatic. Already this war with Ukraine and Russia is so dramatic. We don't need any more drama. Not yeah. when it comes to our stomachs, bro. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And obviously, like locally, when you bring it home back to South Africa, yeah, um, the issue around land and farming and very yeah. sensitive topic. Yeah, um, yeah has many layers and a lot of politics around it but is there any awareness being created locally regardless of those issues that we have around it yeah I mean there are volunteers that I know that are trying to basically spread the word as far and wide as possible and you know the, uh, the Isha foundations are already got like a lot of major influences um, to get involved in spreading the message so it's it's not like hopeless. It's the movement is gaining traction, and basically anybody can get involved um, with the movement. You can go to um, on Instagram uh, or Twitter or Facebook, and go to a page called Conscious Planet, and basically they um, you can go to the website and they'll show you how you can help. And even if maybe uh, you feel like uh, going on the website and being a, an official member of the movement. Is too much for you you can at least spread the message and talk about it and make noise about it because the government most of the world lives in a democracy and if enough people say that we want this we want this like we want this to be implemented now and enough voices are out there making noise you know uh, change will happen policies will be built I mean I know a lot of people are always skeptical about uh, what does like posting and reposting, how much does that really do? Uh, but if you look at the Black Lives Matter movement, you know, and the, uh, another movement called the Ice Bucket Challenge, you know, they got a lot of funding and backing. And, you know, now people are, in terms of Black Lives Matter, Matter I mean, yes, a lot more can be done. But now people in the, in the English Premier League bend before every game say you know we stand like we of course want more and we want to put in more but you know there's always different stages for change to happen and the most simple way is to make sure that you make some noise that's like what that's the 
starting point and the easiest point for anybody because we all have free social media tools that we can use and basically just to you can go to the conscious planet plate page to learn more about the movement and you know see which level of the movement that you feel like you can involve yourself in, yeah uh, basically so yeah uh, basically for the next hundred days just keep an eye out for Sadhguru and the isha foundation and influences like sda omarion you know they're all involved in spreading the message yeah um far and wide yeah yeah now nah, that's interesting man yeah. and um obviously i had a few conversations here and there while you were up in the mountains eh? yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, and you were completely like out of the loop with regards to what is happening with you know just the normal worldly stuff yeah entertainment yeah media you didn't even know that Kanye West album dropped <laughs> like, when did you listen to did you listen to it? no I actually any new albums any new music that came out <laughs> during that time from your favorite artist I, st- I still haven't listened to Kanye yeah. I hope the Kanye fans don't <laughs> drag me because they're probably thinking that should have been the first thing I should have done on the plane ride listening to Donda and all that but yeah I I, I listened to Drake's album Certified yeah. Lover Boy yeah i listened to it recently um yeah i felt like it could be better (laughs) um and yeah it's just been crazy getting back into doing normal things like music uh a lot of netflix shows that i missed out because you know there was just like no tv um i mean you could bring your laptop but there's no time there to to spend on on technology devices that much so, yeah, you you really immersed in what's going on in the ashram. They they make sure that there's enough on your hands to keep you busy and off your phone. Um, so yeah, yeah, coming back, yeah, certified lover boy was one of the albums. Um, I'm trying to listen to other things like Doja Cat, and uh, I'm I'll get to the Donda. I'm trying to see why 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 people. I, and I heard Tyler I think also dropped. Yeah, Tyler yeah, dropped. Did, did, did. Yeah, you won a Grammy album, for it, yeah. right? actually not sure i actually yeah. didn't see all the winners yeah of various different categories and nominations i didn't get into the loop i just saw i think the things that enraged me yeah <laughs> and annoyed me i think i paid more attention to <laughs> i didn't really see but i i think it was nominated if i'm not mistaken yeah yeah, yeah. but it yeah. was a great album though yeah okay yeah. yeah so lots to catch up on lots of my face to catch up on and uh yeah Crazy, yeah. crazy! People are winning Grammys, and I'm only coming back, yeah. and it's like, what? <laughs> when did this come out, bro? Like, yeah, what yeah. the hell? <laughs> now, bro, you um, you have to, you must have seen it happen at the Oscars. You were here, <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Where yeah. were you when that situation happened, and, <laughs> and, and how did you react? Actually, I was I was coming uh, back. Uh, uh, from seeing my girlfriend and yeah. <laughs> I came back and I just dropped her off and I come into the house I'm, like I didn't watch the Oscars yeah, yeah, and then I just see this thing Will Smith and Chris Rock trending so I'm thinking oh maybe it's something funny yeah. and I'm like oh my god bro like I thought it was staged to be honest yeah I really thought that slap was staged I was just like this just doesn't make any sense bro. you know like <laughs> Who slaps a comedian for doing his job? Yeah. <laughs> um, and it took me some time to realize, oh, shit, this shit is 
this is some real shit that yeah. happened. Like this guy really slapped this guy. <laughs> like, yeah. So yeah. Um. Oh man, that was that was crazy, bro. Uh, my girl hooked me up and she was like, "Yo, bro, like you need to see this." Yeah. I was like, "What?" I watched the video, but I was like half asleep, so I was just like, "Yo, whatever." Yeah. And then as the day progressed, I was like, "This morning, did I really see like Will Smith?" Did something? I see what I saw? Yeah. And even me, I thought it was like a skit or something. Like, yeah, whatever. yeah, yeah. And I was just like, "Nah, nah, yeah." It, it was, but because mad. it's the because it's the Oscars, bro. I was also like probably staged or whatever. I didn't think it was that deep until you actually saw like his reaction afterwards. To yeah, situation. yeah, yeah. Like, this is an angry man. Yeah, yeah. Know. Keep your wife's name out your fucking mouth. That's like what? <laughs> you know what I mean? But what what do you think made him respond like that? Do you think? Because I feel like he's been out of character for some time. Mm. So do you mm. think he was genuinely angry about his wife being insulted, or do you think it's a build up from everything that's been going like that's been happening in his personal life and his relationship being in the public? him getting trolled for the past however many months do you think that has an impact on his reaction yeah he's been definitely going through the most and a lot of entanglement i mean (laughs) issues (laughs) that have basically twisted him up inside um and you know he's almost went from this icon will smith to just like you know people have been clowning him a lot and he's been looking like a bit of a boost yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just not like a fun thing to 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 look like, you know, and I feel like there there's definitely been some shit that's been going on and maybe something that maybe Jada said to him. I'm I i do not want to blame Jada for everything, you know, mm. like but like what the hell move somebody to do that on live television on live like if it was back doors a little bit okay sure alive yeah. in front of the whole entire world you're risking it all you're about to win an oscar you you like nah <laughs> i'm risking it all i'm gonna walk to chris who i've i know from the industry probably chill in the same circle and i'm gonna slap him live on television i hey it still baffles me uh I don't know what could have actually motivated that but there's been a lot of theories right yeah. like you know uh some some women feel that uh like in south africa i saw just on social media that some women like yeah like you know disrespected disrespected as woman like yeah, yeah he should catch those hands and it's kind of mm-hmm. just like yo bro like this isn't we're not chilling somewhere yeah <laughs> <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Literally. And already, like, that space, bro, like, you ask is you know, like, that's not our space. Being <laughs> honest, like, it's hard for, like, black creatives and talent yeah. to actually get credit for what they do. Like, the credit that they deserve for, like, their talent. Yeah. It's yeah, already hard. Bro. It's already hard. Yeah. So, to be in that space, not that I'm saying that you know, you need validation from other yeah. races or whatever the case may be. Yeah. Yeah. To know that we're great or to feel positive about 
about ourselves. Yeah. Not trying to make it a racial thing, but yeah. I just feel as if it's already so tough, bro. Yeah. And that type of behavior just doesn't make it any easier. Because yeah. I see, like, like you're talking about Jada, I see a lot of people blaming Jada, saying he's frustrated, saying that um, everything negative that's been happening in his life yeah. is because yeah. of Jada yeah. and this. But I think one thing people need to remember is that everything that Jada has said in the public, all the conversations she's had in the past, whatever the case may be, yeah. are probably conversations that he consented to, bro. Yeah, yeah. I don't think she just went out and said, oh, yeah. This is what's going on. Is, I'm sure there was a conversation that was had. Yeah. And I'm sure he consented to it, but I'm sure he just thought that it wouldn't turn out to be this way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It wouldn't be like a, what's the word? Some clowning yeah. to this level like and this level of disrespect. Or they would be clowning, whatever the case may be, but it would end yeah. at some point. Yeah. But yeah. Gone on for so long. Yeah. Know, but yeah, bro, you know what? I'm also trying. I'm trying to stop what about what aboutism culture, bro. Yeah. Like, some other white guy did this at the Oscars. No one said anything. Why yeah. Else? Nah, bro. Like, you just need to do better, dog. Yeah. You know yeah. What I'm saying. Yeah, that was that was that was some crazy shit we saw right there. Yeah. My goodness, like, you're right when you say the stereotypes already. Like the stereotypes of it's black men, lit, bro. they're already yeah. like considered violent. You know, the cops are killing us because. They label like well in America they labeling us as violent as threats, or, or, yeah. or threats, and then you know with all of that happening, oh, what kind of hurt also are you going to at a live event like that to completely just forget about everything else and all you see is Chris's face? Yeah. <laughs> that's some next level shit, bro. And that slap even looked movie like Doctor Way. Yeah, he, nah. Like you're slapping a zombie on I Am Legend, dog. <laughs> like, <laughs> like he had, yeah, hey, it's like he had rehearsed that slap, dog. Yeah. But what I also think would is an interesting theory is that he played King Richard recently, yeah, yeah. Yeah. right? And it's 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 almost like in the in the background, you know, there was talks about him not maybe protecting his family enough and sticking up for his family enough and maybe not protecting his wife enough and things like that because he mentioned that in his speech yeah uh you know when he was receiving his oscar um about how king richard was a fierce protector of his family and he didn't care what anybody thought he'd go to extreme lengths to make sure that his family was protected and it seemed like that was the major theme behind how he was how he behaved is like he felt like he needed to to protect um and yeah i mean i understand where it's coming from and i guess maybe playing king richard maybe it just you know because the actors do go through identity crisis sometimes when they play other people yeah, uh, yeah. and acting is like a common thing uh so maybe he just playing king richard he felt like he needed to do that be that uh, as aggressive, I don't know if King Richard would slap Chris Rock on stage, though. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't think that was the way to go about it. But hey, man, he really lost yeah. his marbles. But that's an that's an interesting theory, you know, because I actually watched King Richard, I think, four or five days ago. Like, yeah, it's fresh. I watched it a few days ago. Yeah, and uh, I even had some moments. Shit, <laughs> like it's a mad emotional 
Oh, yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And yeah. that's, that's, that's as a consumer. Yeah. You know, I'm just watching the film. I wasn't involved in production. Yeah. I wasn't involved in learning the character's story. Yeah. So now imagine him learning this character's story. Obviously, talk you to reference points. So we know the yeah. Siblings, these are people that are still alive. Yeah. People that are icons. Yeah. They have videos. They have memorabilia. They yeah. have these conversations they probably had with him as well. Yeah. He probably went into detail. Yeah. You know, about like who this man was and, you know. Yeah. What yeah. he did to make sure that he is a champion yeah I mean. yeah so yeah. that probably could have a psychological effect that's an interesting take I've yeah never thought about that. yeah uh yeah that's the like yeah and i know it was pressure for him he spoke about that it was pressure for him to make sure that he delivers that that piece correctly yeah you know uh that he like he even got like a like a nod from the the, the williams sisters after the movie after yeah. they watch it yeah. just to say like hey dog good job on playing our, our dad so i think he went really into it though. maybe too much into yeah. it dog. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah i mean i understand like you know we've we've all been there mm. where we, we somewhere and someone's talking crazy about your woman bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. we've all been there and you feel like hey, this, this guy needs to catch some hands bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. we've all been there so from that standpoint I emphasize completely like I also think to myself what would I have done in that situation mm. definitely not get on this thing oh I don't I, <laughs> that takes some big fucking I, balls. Chris Rock, I don't know if I would have been able to restrain myself <gasps> hey he kept his cool <laughs> homeboy hey what I don't know if I would have been that was to. smooth the way yeah. he handled it was smooth he even had that was the greatest night on television. I was yeah. like, "What, bro? <laughs> You're still yeah. lining them up, them jokes." And you could see he had a, like a moment of where he wants to unleash because he, yeah. he was like, "Oh, I could." And then he just like paused, and then he's but also like, I guess when there's so much on the line as well, yeah, in terms of your career, yeah, I yeah, guess then maybe there's a little bit of more restraint and yeah. ability to be like, "It's not worth." It. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. now imagine. The labels in the media, two coons fighting at Excuse my language. Yeah. And there's going to be undertones of that. They might yeah. use latent Belated. language or something. Yeah. There'll be undertones of that. It'll be along those lines, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. Damn. Where, do you, where do you think, where do you think um, the line should be drawn in terms of comedy and comedians? Where's the line drawn? Because I feel as if there's a lot of... Um, there's dark humor, but then there's also jokes. There's, there's some jokes that people will find as dark humor. Yeah. There's some jokes that people might find as personal. Yeah. But where do you draw the line? Like, where should... you think there should be a line? Um, I mean, I think comedians, you know, they... It's their job, basically, to basically, you know, come up with these things um, that make whatever situation that you've got going on in your life not feel so serious yeah and bring you to a point where you feel like you can laugh at yourself mm. you know that's their goal essentially because they make fun of everybody yeah and anything that they find is um you know weird or funny in their day-to-day life um so it is difficult because like 
what if you're like a white comedian and you make fun of black people in a way that black people don't really enjoy considering you know the cinematic structure that's going on in the world you know like there was a joke by ricky gervais um that he made about you know uh adopting an african child yeah. Because at least he'll be grateful, <laughs> you know. And I will lie, that rubbed me a little bit roughly, bro. Yeah, yeah. But the rest of his jokes that were about everybody else, I was completely laughing at. You know yeah, what I mean? So it's all about perspective. It it, it it is all about perspective, but also that's how you know that a comedian's really good. Mm. Is that if you can can just get out of your head and actually just look at the joke itself, uh, the way it's structured. The intention behind it, yeah. um, and the way it's delivered, you you can see that okay, no, this was masterfully done actually mm-hmm. more than it is about my own personal issue because it's their job, bro. Like, yeah, yeah. how else do you make people laugh other than being controversial? Yeah. How else? It's it's a very difficult thing. I mean, Trevor Trevor does do it well uh, in terms of making his jokes clean and things like that, but. Even he, I'm sure there's some people that feel maybe that Trevor's offended them. Like uh, he made fun of the Kardashians not long ago um, of their white privilege, basically, um, when Kim was talking about how, you know, if if you're a woman, just get off your ass and work. You need to work, you know, Mm -hmm. you're not working hard enough and things like that. And you need to be in a space uh, where people support you and things like that. And not everyone has that luxury. And Trevor Noah made fun of that. I'm sure Kim feels some type of way wherever she is. Yeah. But what, what can you do? I don't know where the line should be drawn. Uh, uh, maybe if it's not uh, nasty in the sense that it's meant to dehumanize someone. Mm, yeah. You know, if if I'm dehumanizing you and making you not human, basically, and it's like, ah, we're laughing at that guy, you know, fuck that guy, or mm. fuck they, their ways of thinking or that culture or whatever... Fuck that shit. Yeah. Then it's different. Uh, and which is why I think Dave Chappelle is such a brilliant comedian. Yeah, because yeah. he he makes fun of everyone, but he doesn't dehumanize you. It's it's, it's crazy uh, yeah. the way he delivers his comedy. He's really a master. See, but that's also a perspective thing. Yeah. Because the LGBTQ community might say something else. Yeah. So yeah. I think it is, yeah. it is all about perspective and how you see it. Yeah, I mean, otherwise, you know, but I get what you're saying about like the dehumanizing part of it. Yeah, yeah. I think that's taking it a bit too far. Like, uh, like if we look at the joke that Chris Rock said to to Jada, saying, "Yeah, Jane, can't wait to see you." You know, is that a dehumanizing joke? Like, I. Was the joke that bad? But also take into consideration, okay, I don't know. I know that he's tight mates with Will Smith. Yeah. But I don't know how much he knew about her condition. Yeah. Or how serious it was as well. Yeah. So that could also be a thing. He might have not thought about it in that way. He might have looked at her and been like, ah, she's old. Yeah. Yeah. New hairstyle. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So it all depends, bro. There's so many, like, layers to no, but also, also, like, how bad is that condition? Like, I, I know there's some women out there that are losing their hair to this, and maybe some men as well. You're losing your hair to this. 
maybe okay yes it's affecting your self-image and your self-confidence and things like that but if you look at that joke it's not like she said he was saying yo jada you look fucked up he mm. said dude you're hot enough to you know how hot demi moore is dog demi moore plays gi jane in gi yes. jane one and she's hot bro i'm sorry like she's hot and he's saying yeah well uh, you can play you're hot enough to be uh playing in the second in the sequel bro yeah. like ah like and I, I mean gi jane is a strong you know like warrior in the movie it's not like yeah. the worst character to be, be joked about like be honest when he said it, he laughed. Ah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Will laughed, dog. Will laughed. Will was busy there clapping his hands even. Then I think maybe hey, he looked at her because she was like rolling her eyes. And then he was like, oh, wifey needs protection. King Richard. Mo. King Richard. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Nah, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, my wife in front of my daughters. <laughs> my daughters are watching. No way. <laughs> Got into that mode real quick. <laughs> but how do you feel about these award award ceremonies? Obviously, it was the Oscars last week. Um, it was yesterday. It was the, the Grammys. Yeah. How do you feel about these? <sighs> to be honest, I didn't even know the Oscars had happened, mm-hmm. and I until that slap. And the Grammys, I feel like they don't really need these major, you know, platforms to feel like your art is valuable. Mm. But at the same time, it is very interesting because, you know, everyone wants recognition on some kind of level for all the hard work they put in, you know. so they get to have their moment, their moment yeah. in the light. But then if you're someone like Frank Ocean, who just doesn't give a damn, <laughs> yeah. you know, he just, as long as people are fucking with his art, that's all he gives a damn about, you know. I think that's the way people should be um, yeah, yeah. in general. Like, just be happy that people are fucking with your art. But hey, if it's for you to be in the limelight, and I mean, yeah, the, there are some hot performances that happen, you know. Um, and it gives people the chance to show up and you know you know be very intense about it so hey man if it's that's for you you can do the grammys if you want to but yeah i genuinely believe that artists shouldn't you know make that their whole thing rather mm-hmm. focus on making sure that you know your art you know and obviously i'm speaking from the outside perspective i don't know what it is like to be a, a you know a true artist uh but yeah, just make sure that your 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 art moves people, man. It yeah. moves people and it also moves you to you know, it it, it, it it pulls you out of yourself uh more than anything and helps you level up to a new level of just human experience. Mm. I think that's the most thing that you should be concerned about than a Grammy. <laughs> yeah. But hey I don't know man, I feel like um culture yeah and community especially in the urban community i feel like we need our own thing man yeah because i feel like the grammys especially with urban culture they water it down so much bro like yeah to the point where it's like kind of mad confusing because you've got fucking 
Jonathan fucking whoever. <laughs> some fifty whatever year old white man. Yeah. Who doesn't know about hip hop <laughs> He just goes on Spotify, looks at what's trending, whatever. <laughs> and makes a decision yeah. on certain music and certain culture. Yeah. Based on what's at face value. But yeah. Are the people who uh do the nominations um, yeah. and select the winners. Yeah. From the nominees, yeah, are they um actually tapped in and immersed into the culture? Yeah, yeah, that's that, my question. Cause like um yesterday I saw something where the, where some group bro won a Jamaican album <laughs> of the year. I don't know if you saw that. Some group <laughs> no, called Soldiers, an all white group, whatever. Yeah, and people are raging on social media because they're like. So you t- you mean to tell me that not one like one artist from Jamaica could win like best reggae album sorry, <laughs> of the year? Yeah, not yeah. one. <laughs> you know, I even went, bro. Like I even went. Reggae hub. <laughs> bro, I even went. I was like, maybe I'm being a hater. Yeah. Let me go like actually like listen to these guys. Yeah. I just skimmed through the terrible <laughs> worst shit I've ever heard in my life. So I was just like, nah, fam. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is tricky uh, because we we don't know who's who's really who's really, you know, making these nominations. How these votes are taking place, you know, I won't lie. I'm not that educated on how it happens. But a good example of where, you know, what you're saying happened was with the Kendrick Lamar and Mac Macklemore situation. You mm. know, everyone talks about that, and to this day, people still can't believe that shit happened. How the hell did Macklemore's album win best rap album over the year? Um, I mean, of, of the year over Good Kid, Mad yeah. City, which is an album that's still charting to this day. Yeah. You know, um, like, where's Macklemore's album? <laughs> when last even anyone even listened to that? Yeah. My goodness. Yeah, it, it's it, it. That's what brought into question of who is making these decisions. It has gotten a little bit better. Yeah. A little bit better. I, I will say the Grammys. But, ah, yeah, d- dude, like, the people that are making this, it, it, you can see that they, they don't delve into the depths of the R&B, the, the hip-hop. You know, it's just who's trending, whoever is trending the most. It's no, more, no longer about the art and the uniqueness of the art. And, mm. uh, that does the art how has the art impacted people the most? Because not always what's popular and trending impacts people the most. Yeah. Like, for example, you know, uh, Kendrick didn't win an album for To Pimp a Butterfly, right? I mean, a Grammy for To Pimp a Butterfly. Not that I remember. Maybe he did. But I remember he, uh, Damn won the Pulitzer Prize, mm. you know? Uh, and I felt like Damn didn't really do that much as much as To Pimp a Butterfly did for just human consciousness and how black people view themselves and addressing issues that were very uncomfortable to address while still making bangers like all right you know um if these walls can talk uh how much a dollar cost you know what was going on in that album just i think elevated even the state of music that year man music just people put a lot more into their art into the album work you know, it wasn't just uh, a few hits on an album anymore. 
it yeah. was like people started paying attention to the body of work that came and albums like Blonde came after that, you know? And those are the kind of albums that the Grammy needs to needs to find a way to figure out how to yeah. find, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and pay attention to, bro. And not just what what people are listening to. But it is difficult. There is so much music out there. Mm. You know, just on Spotify alone on that app. So many goddamn albums. It is yeah, hard yeah. to to really see what's what. You do also ask how else do you know, you know which art is moving people mm. when it's not the trending ones. How else do you identify that? Yeah. Um, but that's why you need people that really understand the art and that really take their time to understand the complexities of the art. Um, but also art is so subjective. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, man, we're gonna leave it there. Yeah, it's good to have you back. Uh, good to be back, boy. Uh, three bros with Bruce season two coming soon. Watch out, watch out. Don't We're gonna have our to boy like, G man. Share and subscribe, guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hit that like button, hit that subscribe. <laughs> <laughs>